Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. And as usual, for those of you who are in the L.A. area, our guest calling number is 424-258-9337. And for those everywhere else, including right here in the beautiful, wow, spring is totally here, San Francisco Bay Area, the guest calling number is 877-697-9725. Now, Producer Kinda, as always, has got the chat room opened up, so you can log in there and say hi to her. If you have any questions or comments, you can type them in, and she will make sure they get to me. And if you're calling in and you have a question or comment, press 1, and that way Kinda will know that she needs to check in with you, and once again, she'll get you over to me. So... Today's episode, I'm calling Even a Broken Clock is Right Twice a Day. And it's really important to remember that wrong once or even wrong a few times does not mean always wrong, and which is why even a broken clock is right twice a day. So among all the things that can trip us up, one of the major things that can affect us is the idea of either being wrong or being considered wrong. And that can be really hard because often we grow up and being wrong is not okay. It's not okay to ask questions that, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's a foolish question. I was always told there are no foolish questions. There are only foolish mistakes that come about because a sensible question was not asked. So today we're going to be looking at that from a a few different perspectives. And first off, there is nobody who has not been wrong at some point in their lives. Whether it is that we did something that we look back on and go, you know, I really wish I hadn't done that. Or a statement that maybe was hurtful and we regret it. Or we jump to a conclusion and said, well, this is what's going on, and we didn't have all the information. And then once we find out all the information, wow, uh, I was wrong, and I was really wrong. So looking at first, the idea that being wrong is something that is, it, it, it does not define us. When we make mistakes, that allows us to grow. It allows us to figure it out, allows us, you know, when you're first learning to ride a bicycle, most of us that first time out fell or hit something. It wasn't that we did it wrong. It's just we didn't have the whole skill set that we needed to do it in the way that we want it. We can see in our minds the results we want, but it takes a little bit of time to get things coordinated, to to get our bodies coordinated, to teach our minds to coordinate the movement. It is very similar to when we're first learning how to do something. And 
you know, a lot of times we go to school and, you know, there's the big red marker that the teacher will circle all the things we got wrong. No, this this verb is, is set up incorrectly or this is misspelled. Or I remember growing up, I thought that was the only reason that red pens existed was to mark all the things that I messed up on. And the more red marks you had when, when it was passed out and people could look at it and see, wow, you've got a lot of red marks on your test. And it became very personal. And thinking of all the times that having I messed up on pointed out in a very public way, I mean, that doesn't make you feel good. That doesn't help you to want to do it right. It just helps you want to avoid it. So I was in junior high, and I actually had a teacher who used green. And when the paper came back, and, and of course, green is my favorite color, so I immediately didn't feel quite so bad about it, but she would put in notes saying, oh, well, do it this way, and you'll get it next time. Or you were really close, and she would write out notes, and she would say, you did really good. Here's the things that you might want to review before the next quiz. If you have any questions, please ask me. And she would put that on there. And it became like an invitation. It's like, oh, okay, the green means that these are things that are going to help me get better by me learning them more. And as children, it is so easy to fall into the trap of I'm either right or I'm wrong. And if I'm not totally right, that means I'm wrong. And wrong is bad. Wrong says bad things about you. It's like, you know what? You're not wrong. You're learning. And even when we grow up and we're put into new situations, everybody has done something for the first time. And more than likely, the first time they did it, yeah, maybe they didn't get it totally right. They didn't get it with the exact result they were hoping for. But it became a part of something that made them wiser. And because it is a fact that we're going to mess stuff up, viewing it as a part of a learning process instead of thinking of it as something that defines you. And while it's very easy to fall into that place of thinking, well, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And in fact, there's often, you know, that is a saying, well, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Actually, there is a right way to do things for the results you want, and there's a learning way to do things. So if we can figure out to take that word wrong out and put in learning, it's like, well, you know, I didn't get it wrong. I learned something. And that can be so much more empowering. It can be so much um, more wholesome and healthy for us to view that those things that we are inevitably going to get something wrong, but you say, you know what? I learned a lot from this. I learned a lot from that. You know, it's not about never making mistakes. It's about doing your best not to make the same mistake over and over again. And by being gentle with ourselves, by trusting that no matter what we do, ultimately we're going to be okay. We come from a good heart. You know, maybe we go somewhere and we say the wrong thing. Been there, 
Yes, I have. Where you, you say something and immediately you wish that you could take those words back out of the air because people look at you kind of strange. That doesn't mean that I was wrong. It means that that was not the best thing for me to say in the moment. And you never know why someone, you know, is, is going through what they're going through, why they behave in the way that they do. I was speaking with a woman, and uh, she's uh, has done a lot of public speaking. And she said that during one of her public speaking engagements, she noticed that there were these two women who were talking. And so she goes on and she's doing her thing, and these two women are talking. And it, it, it's just, it was just so aggravating for her. And she told me that the whole time she's doing it, she's, part of her mind is that, okay, right after this, I'm going to go and talk to them because it is really rude for them to, you know, be doing this right in the middle of my talk and da 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 da. Well, she finishes the talk and she goes up to the women. And one of the women just kind of look at her, and the other one, you know, shakes her hand and tells her how much she she was enjoying it. And she said, well, and my friend does not speak English, so I was telling her every word you said. And and she was, you know, and so she tells the woman, you know, that, oh, well, you know, and, and the speaker, she came down to, she believes that the speaker came down just to speak to them, especially. And... She said, well, you know, and I hope I translated it well because your words are so beautiful. And she was speaking to the woman next to her, and the woman gives the the speaker a big hug and and shakes her hand. And she said that in that moment she felt about two inches tall because of the fact that she was getting ready to rip into someone who thought so much of her words that she wanted to make sure her friend understood each word. We all are wrong sometimes. We all have jumped to conclusions. There is this really cool story, and it's called The Cookie Thief. And it's about a woman who is uh, waiting for a plane, and there's a man sitting next to her. And so uh, they the plane is announced delayed. So they both go into the little store there and they both get cookies. And so, you know, they go back and they sit down and after a while uh, she reaches down next to her and she opens the bag, her bag of cookies. And so the guy kind of looks at her and then he's looking straight ahead. And so she takes a cookie out. Well, then he takes the cookie out and she notices he's eating cookies out of the bag. And, you know, he did it like, three or four times, and she was just really upset. It's like, why? He didn't even ask me for a cookie. If he had asked me, I would have given him a cookie, but he didn't ask me, and she's getting angrier and angrier, and he's reaching in, and she she takes the cookie, and she's watching him, and he takes the cookie and eats it. So the flight comes up, and they both go and get on the flight, and she's spending the whole flight just staring at the back of his head, you know, thinking, well, you know, he was stealing my cookies, and why didn't he ask? She reaches into her purse and notices that her bag of cookies she had put into the purse. She was actually eating his. And the man just kind of, you know, she had wanted to go and apologize, but the man just kind of walked away. So it turned out the cookie thief was her. And when we're in situations where 
we realize that we're wrong, that can be a hard pill to swallow sometimes, especially if you're someone who really doesn't intend any hurt towards anybody and you make an assumption, as we all do sometimes, and it turns out that what we believed was wrong. And then we feel bad, especially if we were dipping into somebody's cookies. So it was not for her to feel bad. It was for her to learn something. And by writing and sharing that story, she felt that that's what was meant to happen. That whole scenario came through, one, for her to learn everything wasn't always what it seemed. Two, anybody who, who is taking an action could be taking an incorrect action without knowing it, with no intention to hurt or harm. And three, if something like that happens, then you don't beat yourself up over it. You take an action to be able to have that make sense. By telling her story, she allowed so many people to say, wow, how many times has it turned out that I was the cookie thief? How many times did it turn out when you're expecting a call from someone and they don't call you back and you get really upset and angry and then they finally call you back and it's like, wow, you know, about time you got back to me. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm sorry, but, you know, I had a relative pass away suddenly or I was in a car accident. And then you just feel like, oh, and it's one of those cases where you really wish you could take the last minute of time, rewind it, so you took time to ask a question instead of making a comment or instead of taking out your frustration on somebody else. It is a, you know, I mean, we're all going to make mistakes. In my mind, making a mistake is not the same thing as being wrong. Because all you are is mistaken. You don't have as much information. You don't have the, you know, the tools or, or whatever it is that you're lacking that created one action over another action. It's not about, you know, feeling bad for yourself. I mean, you know, you can regret that maybe you, you took an action that was hurtful to somebody and you didn't mean to. If I had a dime for every time that I cringed inside because either because I was tired or or something like that and, and I reacted, you know, I mean, I could have paid off my student loan by that by the time I was, you know, in my 40s. Because we all go through life, sometimes where we've been hurt and sometimes where we hurt. And it's about acknowledging it. It's about realizing that, yeah, maybe I was wrong about that, but that doesn't mean that I'm wrong about everything. And my mother had a wonderful saying. She always used to say, don't say too much because then you don't have too much to take back. And that really meant a lot to me because there were so many cases where I would sit and someone would be just going off and I just reach the point where I just wait, and it's like, okay, because as soon as this person stops talking, I'm going to clue them into something that they didn't know, and then they're going to feel silly about it. And they stop talking, and I give them additional information, 
And then they go, oh, okay, well, um, never mind. There was a lady on Saturday Night Live, Gilda Radner, had this character. And she, you know, for those of you who remember that, uh, she would talk about something, and it was this character, Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. And she was like a newscaster. And she would get some vital part of the story wrong. And she would go off on this rant about, you know, this incorrect assumption. And the other newscaster would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're talking about this, not that. And she'd look at the camera and go, oh, never mind. So the idea that, yeah, we can be wrong, we can be really wrong. And a lot of times we're right. It may be that you believe that, you know, there's a certain way to be and a certain way to walk in this world. And maybe that's all you know. And it doesn't mean that later on you learn something else and you go, wow, you know, I can I can follow this tradition or this other thing really is very cool and it really resonates with me. And then you say, oh, okay, well, now I know more. So that means it's not wrong that I followed that other way. But now I have more tools and I have more options. And when we have a chance to look at that and view what it is that we want to do in life and to have somebody say, well, you can't do that. You, 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 you know, it's like for, for a really short person, well, you can't play basketball or for someone who speaks with a stutter. Well, you can't be a public speaker and it is important that we recognize, okay, these are the skill sets I have, and this is what I'd like to do. How close can I get these two? And maybe you don't become a professional basketball player, or maybe you do because there's that one guy, I think his name is Buster. He's, like, really short, and yet he's a professional basketball player. It's up to us what we do with our dreams. We're never wrong for believing in a dream because it's, it is a dream. It's our dream. We have every right to our own dreams. Nobody can take that away. Never let anybody take away your dream. It doesn't matter if, if everybody says you can't do that. It doesn't matter at all. That's between you and your heart as far as what it is that you want to do. It's never wrong to dream. It is never wrong to go, you know what, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And for people who tell you, well, no, you have to be realistic. You have to know your limitations. You have to, all of that stuff. You know what? That doesn't have to be your story. That doesn't have to be your reality. I was always told, if you're going to dream, dream big. Dream as big as you can possibly dream. And then figure out how close you can get to that. You may be able to hit it right on the mark, or maybe you can get into the neighborhood of it. Maybe you're not going to be a world-famous singer, but I tell you what, I'll bet you can be in the church choir because I know that that was, that was my reality. I've always heard that I couldn't sing and that I was wrong to believe that I ever would. And I found out that wasn't true. And just because I accepted as a child that that was my reality, that I would never be able to sing, that I would never be good enough, I, I kept that theory, and I held it as my truth, but it wasn't my truth. 
And later on, I found out that I could sing. I mean, you know, Celine Dion isn't losing any sleep at night over me, but yeah, I can I can carry a tune, and it's okay because I don't sing to please anybody else. I sing to please me. I sing because it gives me joy. And if you're someone who hears a lot whenever you when you tell somebody what you dream. And all you hear are all the reasons that it can't work. And they can be very gentle reasons. They can be from people who love you. And it's like, oh, sweetie, no, you're, you can't do that. You, you can do this other thing, but you can't do that. No, 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 no. Well, you know, you can appreciate their affection. You can appreciate that they're trying to protect you. And that doesn't mean you have to make that your reality. We can be whatever it is that we want to be. We can achieve whatever it is that we want in the way that makes us feel good. Like I said, you don't have to hit the mark, but you can get close enough to where you feel good about yourself. And I think most people have way more to feel proud of themselves for than they even realize, than they give themselves credit for. It's not about never being wrong. It's about being able to love ourselves enough that we don't have to get it right every time because we know each time we do it wrong, we're getting closer to getting it right. And that's really all it takes, and it doesn't matter what it is. I will tell you that as I was going through chiropractic college, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life. And, you know, my mother was dying of cancer, and, um, you know, it was a very difficult time, and I was taking care of a whole lot of people, and I spent a lot of time exhausted. And my grades were not as good as they could have been. I had to work. I had to struggle. You know, sometimes I had to retake a test. And every time I would, you know, look at that test score and I'd just go, man, you know, I'm, I'm so much lower than everybody else. And, and I thought about quitting so many times. I thought about quitting. I told myself I wasn't good enough. I told myself that, you know, all the people who said, well, you're not very good at science and you're not very good at math when I was growing up, that they were right, that maybe I I shouldn't try to be a doctor because, you know, all these younger people, I mean, everybody, most of the people there were younger than me and I was just struggling so much and I couldn't figure out, it's like, why why do I keep struggling? Why do I keep trying? I'm not going to get this. And they had a a wall that had like a timeline of chiropractic. And there was a woman whose picture was up there, and her name was Louise Busson Clegg. And I'd go and I'd look at her picture, and she was the first African-American woman to become a chiropractor. About how many times that she wanted to give up. How many times did she feel disheartened? How many times was she told that because she was a black woman that she would never be able to achieve this? And as I thought about what she had to go through to achieve it and all the things that, you know, she probably had to overcome, I thought, you know what, I ain't got it so bad. And I'd tell myself, all right, I will, I will try the semester, but then I'll, I'll drop all my classes. And I'd wait for that drop deadline And then I'd say, okay, let's try one more quarter. And I one more quartered and one more quartered. 
until someone was handing me a diploma that says, congratulations, doctor. And, you know, there were a lot of times when, you know, I answered questions wrong. But each time I did, I took a look at it, and I made sure that I knew that, so I wasn't going to get that question wrong again. And it became my passion because I realized I wanted to do that more than anything else in the whole wide world. And the more I worked for it, the harder I worked for it. I mean, there were people who said, why don't you just give up? And they loved me, and they were, you know, they wanted me to understand that, you know, it's like, okay, I know that they mean well. I know that they see the fatigue in me. They see the disappointment in me, and they don't want me to be disappointed. And so it's like, you know what, I could go that easier route. I could have quit. And I know that no one would have blamed me. And when I look back on my life, you know, that's going on, you know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, that's right, almost 12 years ago when I graduated. I cannot imagine anything being wrong except for me giving up then because I love what I do. I love my life. I love taking care of people. I love people coming in and feeling better when they leave. And all of that I would have missed if I believed when somebody else said that I was wrong when I believed that I could do this. Believe in your dream. You are far more important and amazing than you could even possibly know. Each and every one of you. When we've been wrong, we've learned something. And you move forward. And you know what? What's wrong today, maybe down the line, it's like, wow, that was the best thing that could have ever happened. That was the best choice I could have made. Because that's the important thing about being in the moment, is that in the moment, something could be, you know, a word may be said or an action taken, and it's like, wow, that was like totally wrong. And then months down the line, you realize, you know what, that was the best thing I could have done because because of that, it brought me all the way up to here. It brought me all the way to where I am. And that is awesome. So wrong today is not necessarily wrong tomorrow. And wrong once is not necessarily wrong every time. And that is a very important thing for us to listen to. And uh, because I I always love when producer kind of chimes in with things, Uh, she'll send me little notes on the computer And she said, make your words gentle and sweet because you never know when you will have to eat them, which is very cool. It's very important. And it's very much like don't say too much because then you don't have too much to take back because there is very little that is more irritating than having to eat your own words, especially when they have not been gentle and they have not been sweet. And... I always say that the universe waits for me to get cocky and arrogant, and and that's usually when I get very important life lessons, when I'm not feeling as patient or when I kind of, you know, 
get a little judgy. We all get a little judgy every once in a while. I know it. We all just like, hey, you know, what's up with them? And then I remind myself that they may be saying the same thing about me. And then I think of the story of the cookie thief. And just when we think that we are so in our rightness that when it turns out that we're not, it is a very tough thing. So embrace the learning opportunities. Embrace the moments that, you know, okay, I was wrong, I will own it. But I tell you what, even a broken clock is right twice a day. I want to thank you for joining me. And if you would like to contact me uh, regarding any type of private consultation, then you can reach me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. And also, any and all of my episodes are available in the archive here on Blog Talk Radio, and you can check those out. Also, if you'd like to go to YouTube and you can put in Dr. Eileen Augustine, you can get some videos of things. So, And if you see one of the videos and you like it, then press that like button. You can friend me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. So until next time, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings. I wish you wonderful learning opportunities and I wish you gentleness within yourself and for others that will allow you to take every single wrong and turn it into a major right. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care, everyone.